Behind me is the stunning village of Minerve in the Languedoc region of southern France. Looking as if it was chiseled directly out of the rocky outcrop it sits on in the middle of gorges created by the rivers Cesse and Brion, Minerve has taken its rightful place as one of les plus beaux villages de France, or one of the most beautiful villages in France. Today, the streets of Minerve are lined with shops, uh, art galleries, wine tasting rooms, restaurants, and, and, and more, and it's become quite the tourist destination. But if we step back in time about 800 years, there were events going on here in Minerve that were not nearly as beautiful. Indeed, over a period of five weeks in the summer of the year 1210, events would take place here in Minerve that would resonate through these gorges for years to come, almost seeping into the rocks themselves, and which remain a, a part of Minerve's history, charm, and allure today. But there's a lot more to Minerve than just its dark history. If you look around Minerve for miles in every direction, you see grapevines. They're dormant right now because it's winter, it's New Year's Day, uh, and uh, so the vines are waiting for spring to come on. But in the spring and summer and early fall, everywhere around Minerve, this is beautiful green vineyard land, uh, and Minerve seems to rise like a ship out of the vineyards themselves, out of that ocean of green. These are the vineyards of the region, the wine region that's named after the village, the Minervois. Today we'll use Minerve as the backdrop for the introduction to our podcast. And I'll explain to you what I mean when I say repairing wine and history. Come with me on that journey. I'm your host, Richard Carden, and this is Bottles and Bounds. Happy New Year's Day 2023, all my fellow travelers and wine enthusiasts, and welcome to Minerve, as well as to the first episode of Bottles and Battles, a podcast where we pair wine with history to give you a truly immersive cultural experience. Uh, today, what I'm going to do in this introductory episode is, is walk you through the journalist questions, the hows, where's, when's, why's, what are we doing here, uh, and, and why it might be interesting to you. Um, consider it the FAQ for the show. So first of all, let's talk about what, what is Bottles and Battles all about? Well, no doubt you, you're aware of classic food and wine pairings like uh, champagne and oysters or uh, Cabernet Sauvignon and steak or port and Stilton. The concept's basically the same here. We're going to do pairings with wine, but instead of food, we're gonna use history so that you're gonna take things you learn about the areas that we go to, uh, the, the feelings, the emotions that are generated when you visit that area. And we're going to find wines that kind of reinforce that spirit, that have that same feel, uh, that can make you have a more memorable experience, make you remember forever what you were thinking when you were visiting that area and having that particular wine. And you can use those experiences later uh, when you're visiting other places, or even when you're just in your local wine shop, or uh, in a restaurant trying to find a wine, you can say, oh, I remember when I was in Minerva and we had this lovely wine that started, you know, that was a, it was a combination of, of, of qualities that really make me remember Minerva. Uh, so that's, that's the general concept. Uh, now, we're not gonna forget food. Of course, we, we are in France right now. So 
food's going to be important. And frankly, in pretty much every wine region we go to, food's going to be important. So we will take some time to look at local um, specialties as well and add those back in so you can get a cultural trifecta of food, wine, history. Um, it's not all we'll be doing. We are going to be doing a range of other episodes, not just pairings, to give you a little more in-depth experience if you want. Uh, really, for any level of interest, we're going to try to have something. So if you want to know more about history of an area or if you want to know more about wine production in an area, like the Minervois, which has very strict regulations about what you can make uh, and, and has very um, specific profiles on their wines, well, you'll, you'll be able to learn about that. We'll also do series on just general wine tasting systems, methods. Uh, but what we're going to do is we're going to give a spin on those. Because what I want you to do is be able to use those in really practical settings, like in a restaurant, uh, like in a wine cellar, uh, places where you don't have perfect environments for tasting. Because that's really what you and I want to do, right? We want to travel. We want to be in those areas where it's real life and it's really interesting. Because that's what we love to do, right? That's the what. Now, let's talk about the how. How am I going to do this? Well, every episode, every pairing episode, I'm going to pick a place to go. Uh, I will go and explore the town, taking you with me virtually as we walk through. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about what I've learned about the history, uh, share all of that with you, and go to very important and significant places in that location that reflect the history. Uh, and then I'll take you to some vineyards, probably local ones, uh, or tasting rooms in the town pick some wines, and we'll walk you through exactly why I think those wines are perfect for the history of that region. But we'll together go through the pairing process so you, you, you can learn uh, not just the history of the region itself in terms of battles and wars and crusades and, and, and all the crazy things that shaped the region, but also the important history of the wine region that's there, the development of, of wines in that area, uh, and really how those two then mesh together. Now, will everything always be battles and wars? Uh, of course not. We're gonna try to get some happier events too. It's always good to have a little bit of uh, fun history as well as the, the bloody, um, but uh, it's just a simple fact of, of life, especially in European history, that a lot of the development here has come about through war. Uh, so a lot of the events will be battles that, that have taken place, hence the name of the, of the podcast. Uh, but let's, let's get a little more specific here. Let's talk about how this pairing process will work in terms of Minerva itself. What are we going to do? Well, I'm going to walk you through Minerva, and this is going to be our first full episode will be based on Minerva. I'm going to walk you through the town. I'm going to take you to some very significant spots. Uh, you can, can't see a lot of them right now, but just down in the gorge here, uh, there's an area that's, that's quite important, and I'm going to Spin this around a little bit. If you can see it, there's a, a trebuchet there, an old siege engine. Uh, and that has uh, some great significance for, for our story in that first episode. So in that first episode, I'm going to take you into Minerve. We'll walk through the streets uh, and we'll climb up and down some of the gorge here uh, to show you what happened here in that year in 1210. And then I'm going to give you two wines. Uh, and I'll tell you a little bit about one right now, but because it's our first, our first full episode, I'm not going to give you the full surprise. We're just, we're walking through how this works. Uh, the wine I picked, I picked because Minerva, as you can see, is built on this big, big piece of rock. Uh, and in itself, it's fairly, fairly rocky and there's stone walls. 
um, and it's in the middle of these uh, river gorges, which right now are empty, um, but at, there are times when the rivers are flowing through them. So it's got really strong bones, right? This is the first thing you notice is that the rockiness of it, the bones of it. But once you get into Minerve, what you notice is that as you let that history flow through you, it becomes a much more spiritual and ethereal experience. And the wine I've picked, the first wine I picked, I picked for that exact reason, because it has those same strong bones. It's based on very hearty, um, bold southern grapes. But after you start drinking it, after that first flush of power, what you notice is the delicacy, the elegance that comes out of this wine. And it's a little unexpected for what is normally made in this area. Uh, and so it, it reflects the entire spirit of a visit to Minerve because at first blush, it's one thing, bold, powerful, um, built on a strong structure. But what you're left with at the end is a completely different experience. It's that feeling of reflection, that pensiveness we were talking about, that noticing how things can change so quickly from something that is strong and forceful to something that's delicate and beautiful. All right, I'm gonna keep walking you through the hills above Minerve here, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about um, when we're doing things. You've gone through the hows and the what's. Well, when is uh, once a week for pairing episodes. We're going to try to get one out. And then we'll sprinkle the other episodes um, throughout, trying to get at least one of those out a week as well so that you've got constantly fresh content uh, and something that you can keep following. If, uh, if you're interested in knowing what we're doing next, you know, please do subscribe and click that like button so that we know we should keep doing episodes like this. Uh, it'll let us know that that we're on the right track. So let's talk a little bit about then uh, who am I and why should you be listening to me about any of this? Well, to do that, we're actually going to head back up the hill here to the car and drive back about 20 minutes to a little village called Ginastas where I currently live. So for the moment, we're going to say uh, adieu to uh, Minerve and we'll be back at the end of the episode. So here we are back in Gina Stas, and it's time for you to learn a little bit more about me and, and why I'm a person that you might listen to when it comes to talking about wines in the regions that we're visiting. So let me give you a little bit of background on myself. Uh, I used to be a, an intellectual property litigation attorney in Chicago. Uh, I did every kind of technology from trading software to uh, landfill liners, to pharmaceuticals, to lithium batteries. Uh, and I did that for 20 years. But in 2019, I reached a turning point. I, I knew I wasn't going to be an attorney anymore, and I had to find something else that I was going to do. So after looking around at a variety of different options, I, I did the only natural thing. What was that you say? Well, of course, the natural thing to do when you're leaving law in Chicago is to buy a wine and tapas bar in the south of France. And that's what I did, and that's where we are today. This is Oncle Jules. Uh, it is my wine and tapas bar in the village of Ginastas. Small little place, uh, but it's very charming, and, uh, and we've got some fantastic uh, wineries around here. Within an hour of me, there are about 2,800 different wineries. Uh, now, it became an interesting event because I started work here on Halloween night 2019. Little did I know that four months later, we would enter the global pandemic. 
So by March of 2020, we were, we were closed. We had to shut down from March to June for the first lockdown in France. Uh, we were able to open up again for the summer, uh, but by the end of the summer, the second wave of COVID was hitting. Uh, France entered its second lockdown, and we were closed for the next seven months. So during my first year and a half of ownership of the bar, I was closed for 10 months, and I had to find something to do while I was locked in my house. Uh, what I chose to do was study wine. And I uh, got in touch with a group called the Wine and Spirit Education Trust, and in particular their London branch, and began some online courses, online certification courses. And I've done three levels of certification with uh, the WSET. First level is very basic. Uh, it just gives you some background on how wines produce, what some of the uh, primary grapes are and their qualities, some of the primary winemaking regions and what you can expect to get there. Anyone can do that, and it requires no knowledge at all to, to really get that, get that certification. Second level is a little more intense, a little more advanced, covers a lot more material, uh, not surprisingly. And the third level is not just online. At this point, it's a much more intensive class, and it requires in-person exams, both a written uh, multiple choice theory, uh, an essay exam, and an in-person tasting exam. So by 2021, I had received my level three certification with merit. Now they do have a fourth level at the WSET, which is called the Diplom, uh, the Diploma. It's something I'm looking at, but it's very intensive, about two years, and it's fairly expensive. So I'm still considering whether I'm going to do that. In the meantime, I've been applying what I've learned here with my customers at, at Oncle Jules at the bar. I'm also doing some other certifications in the meantime. One, uh, two with the Wine Scholar Guild, the French Wine Scholar and Spanish Wine Scholar certifications. And I'm looking at a few through the Society of Wine Educators as well, because those are focused on how to educate people about wine. And, and that's part of what we're trying to do here. But, but my goal is not just to educate you, because what does it mean for me to have those certifications? Well, it doesn't mean I'm a sommelier. I'm far from a sommelier. If you look at the sommelier as the PhD, uh, the, the ultimate uh, in knowledge about wine, I'm more like a recent college graduate. So I will have some more knowledge than the person who's just a casual wine drinker and hasn't really studied at all, and that's something I can share with you. But I still have a lot to learn, and I'm hoping that as we take this journey together, it will help me learn. I'll be able to visit more regions. I'll be able to try more different grapes and different wines, build my own database, build my own tasting uh, knowledge as I do, as I share that with you. And, and that's just one of the reasons that, that I'm doing this podcast. One of the things that is driving me to do this is that so many people I know have never heard of the Languedoc region of France that I live in, and not, neither had I before I moved here. But it is a wonderful region. It's beautiful in terms of uh, geography, in terms of landscape. It has tremendous history, great old castles, uh, beautiful natural features from caverns to, to gorges to rivers. And it's an incredibly interesting place, and not a lot of people know much about it. So part of my goal is to bring the Languedoc to you. And that includes the wines here. And the wines are also much less well-known than, than other French wines. Americans, you, you probably know Burgundy, you know um, Bordeaux, maybe you know some Loire Valley, maybe you know Rhone Valley, maybe you know Provence. But most Americans don't know much about the Languedoc. So that's part of my goal, is to bring this area that, that I have grown to love so much uh, to you so that you can 
learn to love it as well, and hopefully get over here and visit it. Uh, whether you come to visit me in local Jula in Ginastas, I'd love to have you, but, uh, but I recommend no matter what, you get to the Languedoc and visit it. So what, what do I want you to be able to take away from this podcast? Well, I want you to take what are traditional wine tasting principles. How do you go about tasting a wine and, and deconstructing it and figuring out what it is, where it came from, what you like about it, what you don't like about it. And I want you to be able to translate that to very practical settings, like, like here at this bar. You're going to be traveling, you're going to be in restaurants, you're going to be in wine cellars, you're going to be in bars, and those aren't optimal tasting locations, environments. There's a lot of noise, there are a lot of external um, aromas that are going to compete with your, your appreciation of the wine. But it's no reason you can't still use those principles to build your own personal database so that you know how to select the wines that you like, no matter where you are in the future. And perhaps find some that are even more interesting that you've never thought about tasting before. And the reason I want you to do that, because that, that's how people like you and me actually do things. I've, I've said this before. It's, it's how we want to enjoy our wine. It's part of a, a larger experience rather than just an isolated moment tasting a wine. Now, one other thing I want you to do is then to be able to put that together with the history of the region. And I think when you do that, you create an experience that's something you can remember years down the road. You can smell a wine. Uh, you're sitting in a restaurant somewhere at home on another trip. And that wine brings back to you the memory of when you were here in the Languedoc or when you were in uh, Spain or when you were in Italy. And there was that one wine that you had that was just stunning. And it was so interesting because you were sitting uh, at the foot of this mountain. There's a castle at the top. And you were just thinking that wine that came from this area was such a lovely representation of that, that area. That's exactly what I want you to be able to do here. That's what we're going to try to do is show you how wines and history can go hand in hand to give you that immersive experience that you'll use forever. Whether it's in your local wine shop, whether it's on your next vacation, whether it's picking out one at home for a party. That's what we're going to try and help you build here. Now, most of all, I, I want you to enjoy the podcast. I want it to be something that's interesting uh, and fun for you, to see places that you now might want to visit, to see wines that you might want to try to find, talk to your local wine shop and see if they've got them, or at least something like them. I want this to be an experience that, that you can uh, follow as we go through uh, our, our upcoming episodes and really get a, a sense of enjoyment uh, and, uh, and hopefully some good ideas for your future travel. Now, I mentioned wine tasting, and I do have my own personal process, and I've developed it based upon uh, different styles that I've learned, and I'll walk you through my process, but it, it doesn't need to be your process. You need to have your own process, but you can take whatever you get out of mine that's useful and try to apply it, and again, I'm going to try to do it in a very practical way. If you're interested in more of the details about my personal process, I am going to make several different episodes about the wine tasting process, uh, every step of it, from the, the swirl to the swish uh, to, to the final uh, tasting and then determining what your assessment of that wine is in terms of what you would want to do in the future. Would you ever buy it again? Do you want to use it for a dinner party? Is it an every night drinking wine for you? Is it something you never want to try again? Uh, so if you want to learn more about that, those, those episodes will be coming up in the very near future and they'll, and they'll be on the side. If you subscribe, you'll get notifications about our new episodes that are coming out.
Now I'm also going to post an FAQ. Uh, we have a website, uh, so I'll post an FAQ on the website, and I'll have some answers to common questions. But if you have more questions as we go along, please submit them to me, uh, whether it be in the comments here or send me a message through the website, uh, and I'll try to, to add those to the FAQ. And I think they're they're good ones to add. And I'll definitely try to get back to you as soon as I can on, on your questions. Now. You probably can tell, this is my first podcast I've ever done. I know, it's a shock, right? Uh, I'm obviously going to be trying to improve as I go along, and, and I'd like your help in that. So if you have constructive comments about how we can make the podcast better for you, uh, how we can improve anything from, uh, from production to location selection, whatever it is, please go ahead and leave me comments. I'll be happy to get them and apply whatever I, whatever I can there because that's part of the learning experience for me as well. We're back in the hills above Minerva to finish up our first episode of Bottles and Battles. Uh, you can see one of the vineyards in the hills leading down to the village here. Uh, we're on the other side of one of the gorges uh, and this is part of what we'll be doing but I got a lot of work left to do here obviously and that starts with getting down to the village and finishing that first episode I promised for you so that you can get uh, your first real pairing out. Uh, the good news with a lot of extra work for me is it means a lot of videos for you, a lot of episodes for you to watch, uh, and it means a lot of wine tastings for me, which I'm certainly not going to argue with. Thanks for joining me today on Bottles and Battles. Until next time, I'm Richard Carden saying happy drinking and have a glass for